support for this podcast is made possible by you. Visit allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate to help us build a world of endless possibilities for girls. I'm Lindy. And I'm Haya. Welcome to All Girls Considered. A podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspirational women. Today we're interviewing Crystal Cibola, one of the strongest and most inspirational people I've had a pleasure to know on a personal level. So, tell <laughs> us your story. Wow, uh, after an introduction like that, well, um, I don't know where to begin exactly. Like, uh, I guess I'm a 29-year-old transgender woman. I've kind of come through life uh, in my own sort of way, I've come to find out, and I just live as my most honest self as best as I can. So that's kind of where I'm at. You said that I really like. I'm struck by you saying that you just try to be your honest self. Were you, did you always live by that definition, or did you always live that way? No, actually, that was not always the case. Uh, this is kind of something you find out, I guess, um, through trials and challenges and uh, things of that nature. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, I. You know, I'm 29 now. Back then, we're in the the mid 2000s, and I learned that I was, you know, transgender. And of course, I was very fearful for people to know about this because at the time, it was very much so a thing that was looked down upon, that caused friendships to fracture and caused parents to kind of lose confidence in me, I guess. And these are all struggles that I had to kind of work through and then build my own space of just self-honesty and self-respect. It's amazing That's that you great. were able to do that. What are your favorite hobbies? So my favorite hobbies, um, I do a little bit of writing, kind of hobby writer on my own time. I'm not quite looking to push anything professional. I'm mostly just trying to have a creative outlet which I've come to find is very important if you're a creative person to kind of interact and interface with that. Um, You know, people of all skill levels, obviously, uh, having that creative expression. Um, That aside, though, I also play a fair bit of video games and a fair bit of board games, actually. Which ones do you play? Well, uh, I don't know. I have a bunch of friends where we'll play some more intense board games like uh you know there's the twilight imperium group where it's this big gigantic space epic kind of diplomacy battle thing where it goes for an entire saturday and in fact i'm actually playing that one tomorrow um and it's like a honest goodness 10 to you know like a 10 hour board game basically wow <laughs> that actually sounds really fun i would want to try that <laughs> and then there's you know other board games um like secret hitler i think is probably one of my more favorite ones where you're given a hidden role and it's you know about kind of uh nazi germany and the whole thing is it's very silly you know all the cards have like dinosaur art because they're all lizard people and uh you know very much so is kind of this like hidden role game where you're uh you know if you're allied aligned you don't know anything if you're nazi aligned you know you're you know kind of trying to trick everyone else basically and it has a lot of good fun about it um 
it's it's very playful, I guess, uh, which is interesting for the topic matter, honestly. Um, but yeah. that's the kind of creativity of board games is it's social interaction through game mechanics. And, yes. I, and I like that a lot about board games. You said intense board games and my mind went, oh, Monopoly, but that's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> now, board games have taken a life on their own uh, since the Monopoly days, honestly. There's uh, quite a bit of hobbying that goes around it lately. So uh, maybe check it out. Go to your local you know, a uh, nerd store, and you're bound to find <laughs> more games there. Where do you work? Uh, I currently work for General Electric uh, through a vendor called True Source Labs. Uh, the relationship's a little bit tricky just because it's like I'm not a direct hire to General Electric, but all the work I do is related to their products. Interesting. Do you like it there? Um... I would say they treat me a lot better than I've been treated by other companies in the past. So um, I could appreciate it, but I'm always looking out on the horizon for the next uh, new step in my career. That's good. What do you think you might want to do in the future if uh, you're looking for other things possibly? So I think the biggest thing that kind of gravitates towards me is that I would like to become a therapist someday. Um, I've come to find that one of my most, you know, prized and treasured abilities is ability to kind of interact with people, soothe them, get them to open up and talk about, you know, really serious problems, you know, whether it's mental health, relationships, things of that nature. I find myself talking with people a lot about those topics and you know they come to me for advice and such and i figure why not take that step further make it you know a profession you know maybe i could actually really help some people out how did you become so good at that um how did i become good at that it's like a strange question because it's a, a lot of this just has to do with empathy the sense of feeling another person's experiences as your own. It's kind of one of these things they taught us in customer service was that there was a difference between sympathy and empathy, uh, where sympathy is kind of seen as like, you know, oh, I'm sorry that you had that experience, whereas empathy is like that sense of, I kind of know what you're going through. I've walked, you know, a mile in those shoes. Uh, if you need anything, I could help out, right? There's a big, very big difference uh, in terms of personal relation between those two. And so a lot of this help just comes from, you know, putting myself in a position where I am listening to people, I give them a judgment-free zone, and I just let them talk about whatever is affecting them and then give whatever advice or perspective I have to give. Nice. It's nice. I think not enough people know the difference between those two, so it's good to, like, educate yourself on it and know that, they're different. <laughs> Definitely. Yep, absolutely. Um, when do you think you started to see yourself as female? That would have been maybe around when I was 16, maybe 17. I don't know. It was like a, over the summer of 17, it really started to click just how much the stories of other trans people online were, was kind of also related to my own story where, you know, I found myself looking in the mirror and feeling like it wasn't 
correct what I was seeing in the mirror, that, you know, what puberty was doing to me was not something that I enjoyed. In fact, I kind of hated it and feared it. And there was a lot of these confusing, complicated feelings that for a while there didn't have a name. It wasn't until I encountered, you know, the idea, you know, like a, a transgender person on the internet that I actually finally started to get a sense of like what all of this meant. You know, why was it that I was drawn to, you know, dreaming of you know being a girl or towards uh, just the sense of not feeling like myself? You know, even as a teenager, I understand it's common, but it was very sort of disorienting experience, I guess, if I could kind of get at that. I think it's really important that, like, there's people who are willing to share their stories and help others who might be going through the same things. Yes, of course. It teaches us all that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What was it like to reconnect with the family after the transition? Um... Well, it's interesting because both sides of my family took it very differently. Um, when I was young, maybe uh, three actually, uh, my parents divorced. So it was very much so, um, you know, whenever I spent time with dad, we did things one way. And when I spent time with mom, we did things another way. Um, so when it came down to it, when I finally came out as trans and started presenting outwardly as female, um, both sides did resist uh, a lot, actually, um, but it was my mom who I reconnected with first, and kind of over time, she would start to stand up for me and protect me from the rest of the family, because, um, you know, there were times where there were some really seriously uncomfortable moments, and she would kind of, you know, step in like mama bear and, you know, kind of huff and uh, protect me, and that was really cool, honestly. Yeah. Um, as far as on dad's side, though, it took a little bit longer, uh, just because I think there was maybe a lot of confusion. Uh, he had some things that he needed to work through before he could really come to accept me. Um, this is very much so a thing where I had anticipated the possibility that he would have outright disowned me. And thankfully, he didn't do that. And then, you know, later on, we were able to kind of slowly repair and reconnect. And then, um, I don't know, as of as recent as a couple of years ago, things have been actually rather pleasant whenever I visit over there. Um, it's been, I don't know, kind of amazing in its own way, just because it's so different than uh, the version of my dad I remember when I was a teenager. He's, he's come a long way, honestly. Yeah. And I'm proud of him. Me too. Um, have you seen a change in the way people treat you now as opposed to the past, maybe when you first came out? Ooh, that's, uh, that's a question that can go in many different directions, I suppose. Um, I think when I came out, a lot of people saw it as a really brave thing. That, I, that was the thing that they often gravitated towards. They said, oh, you've done such a brave thing. Um, because... I mean, it was 2008, and I had come out as trans, and that was not a good year for trans stuff in general. Um, like, they didn't even have any kind of process in place to accommodate the fact that I was undergoing hormonal transition at the school. They're like, well, you're obligated to go to the, you know, the 
you know, you got to change, uh, go to the boys locker room. And I was like, that's not going to work. And they're like, well, we, we guess you could go to a private bathroom or something. And that was kind of what they had to offer basically. Um, as far as like how people began to treat me though, um, at first, right after I came out, there was a lot of people who were very hesitant to interact with me anymore. But there was also a lot of other people who stepped forward and uh, kind of offered up this kind of rallying cry or support of saying, wow, what you're doing is amazing. I'm glad that you know, you're know you coming out and you're showing the world yourself, basically. And uh, so it was kind of like I was drawn into a community of friends who supported and accepted me on one hand. But on the other hand, I was pushed away from a lot of my previous friendships and relationships that I had built prior years. So it was very disorienting time, I suppose. I'm glad you're getting through it. How did you meet your uh, fiance? Oh, Emily? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, that was really fun. Um, gosh, how to, how to put that. I was working at <laughs> Blizzard Entertainment um, as a game master at the time. And she had just started working there. And there was um, kind of unknown to her, I suppose. We, her and I had a mutual friend of ours. And she went and told this friend, you know, oh my gosh, there's this really pretty tall girl up at Blizzard. And uh, I want to get to know her. And then, of course, the friend, Harper, said, oh, that sounds like Crystal. You should say hi. The two will probably get along. And so, of course, what Emily went and did someday was she approached me in the hallway and said something to the extent of, hi, you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly, you're really tall. I don't know which it was. but <laughs> And then she kind of mumbled and stumbled and kind of wandered away. And <laughs> it was really adorable. But, of course, uh, you know, we connected over Messenger and then started to hang out you know, kind of walk around during our breaks and stuff and just hit it off from there, basically. Nice. It's beautiful, it's really though. Cute, though. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been uh, together? Uh, we're coming up on five years in wow. October. Yep. Nice. Uh, five years. Cool. Congratulations nice. on I'm your engagement. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it, you know, just... <laughs> It was one of those things where she, uh, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, kind of, we got home, we had a nice day, and, you know, she dropped down on one, you know, one knee, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and of course I said yes, because I, you know, that's what you do when you love someone that much, right? And uh, <laughs> here we are now. What advice would you give to people who are listening to this podcast? I would say... Uh, learn your personal, I guess, strengths, weaknesses, and boundaries. Once you have a good idea of what those are, you can start to maybe work on your weaker areas, you know, through the act of self-improvement. Um, I, I think it's a really big thing as you grow older to kind of try to be the best version of yourself you can be. Um, obviously, if you know your strengths, you kind of know what you can really come to rely on uh, as you go through life. And then, you know, the final thing is uh, about understanding your own personal boundaries. Um, you know, it's it's very important 
as you kind of interact with the world, whether it's, you know, going to a job or getting into a relationship, that you have a sense of the things that, you know, you're looking to get out of this work or, you know, your sense of purpose within a relationship, right? And if you don't know what your boundaries are, you might have, you know, someone you know, kind of try to take advantage of that. So you kind of have to look out for yourself, basically, is, is what I'm getting at here. Um, because it can be hard out there, honestly. All Girls Can Study is in a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org donate right now. We can't do this without you.